Hi, it's Alithia. And it's Edgar. And welcome to the Minority Report. This week, we talk about a Supreme Court ruling for a bakery. Mm-hmm. The intersection between Kim Kardashian West and Donald Trump. 2018, y'all. 2018's wild. <laughs> and then we have a pretty lengthy discussion where we sound like a bunch of old people talking about technology. Are you addicted to your phone, Alithia? Are you addicted to your phone, Edgar? We'll find out. <laughs> So Edgar, do you remember that one bakery in Colorado way back that refused service? Yes, this was a huge to story back a same-sex then, yeah. couple. Mm-hmm. So this case has been going through the lower courts, made its way up to the Supreme Court, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we got a decision. Yes, there was a seven-two ruling that ruled in favor of the cake makers yes saying that it was within their religious rights Mm -hmm. but according to the first amendment to refuse service right to this couple right um but it was it was very interesting the way that they decided to handle this case because it was very specific to this they you know uh, situation yeah, so supporters saying that this is a win for First Amendment rights and a win for religious freedom. Detractors saying that this is clearly hate-based discrimination. Um, but like you said, the way that they sort of ruled on this mm-hmm. was very, very narrow. Right. Um, and there are a lot of people, a lot of activists saying, you know, yeah, it sucks that we lost, mm-hmm. but at least the ruling is so narrow, there's room for another case to make its way. Right, right. Th- this has been a very um, interesting case that has split a lot of people because it's, um, on one hand, it's like, okay, it's pretty, you know, clear night and day, like, you know, um, this bakery just refused to make this cake because of the same-sex couple and there's a law that says that can't happen like that just is not possible um however the way the supreme court decided to view this case was the way that this bakery was treated by the state government Mm -hmm. um which according to um you know the supreme court there were only two detractors by the way which is crazy like the, the majority of the supreme court was yeah you know on board with this but the way they viewed it was and the two detractors were um sonia sotomayor and Ruth right. Bader Ginsburg. right, right. <laughs> like yes. the the people you would expect yes exactly <laughs> but the way the, the the way the supreme court sort of sold this was you know um the state government the way that they handled the situation um towards this specific uh bakery was um I, I, you know unusually i forgot the, the the words they used the legal the legalese that they the used mumbo jumbo the mumbo jumbo but it was you know pretty much saying like the way the state government handled this particular case and the way that they treated this uh um uh, uh bakery was very hostile and because of that um you know they are ruling in favor of the bakery but of course this is you know sparked a lot of debate and a lot of people are um upset a lot of people are happy um actually i don't even know your i can assume what your personal feelings are but it is a little complex because it has a lot to do with religious freedom and i know you're a very religious person 
And um, so, you know, I, I, don't, I actually don't really know how you feel about this. You might be pretty split. Who knows? I mean, I'm not a super religious person. I definitely agree with... More... When I say that, I mean you're more religious than me is what I mean. <laughs> I don't even think that's true. Um, but... That's true. Praise, praise baby Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> you talk about baby Jesus a lot. I, I do love baby Jesus, but moving on. <laughs> Um, I think, you know, I think like you said, there's a lot of nuances. Um, I think generally Mm -hmm. not really happy with how the court case turned out. Right. Right, Um, I don't think you should discriminate against any marginalized group. Uh I think that's some bullshit. And I am, you know, I will not be going to this cake shop if I'm ever in Colorado. No, hell no. Hell no. So... But I do, I do understand why they ruled the way they did. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're looking at it from the lens of how the state treated the business, and right. you're deciding to sort of um, uphold the First Amendment, there mm-hmm. is there is an argument. Some would say right. that it was a you know infringement yeah. upon First Amendment rights, right? Yeah, and also to you know, it's not the worst case scenario that some people were fearing with this ruling. Yeah, the which ru- is good. It's so narrow. It's really very narrow. Right. So there is room for anti discrimination laws still to be bolstered and to be solidified by the right, Supreme right, Court. Right. It's just not gonna be this case like people were hoping. Right. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's total bullshit. I. It, it's it's like I get it. It's tough, but um, you know, it this it, it's like the state government can never be f- so forceful with the way that they do these laws and these regulations because of situations like these where the Supreme Court may go, uh, uh-uh, uh, you went a little too far or whatever, like you stepped in it, um, and it just makes sort of regulating these kind of things so hard, and it kind of you know it de- kind of defeats the purpose of it, but. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, for me, it's like, forget this bakery, whatever, it, you know, we, it, it's a setback, but it's not so bad, um, that it's like a total loss type situation. So, and, and there are steps that, that can be taken to move forward, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's like, it hurts. It's dumb. Like it's, I don't know. But it's yeah, ridiculous. I think like the only silver lining here is like it could have been worse. Yeah. Which I guess you know maybe <laughs> we do have like a conservative leaning yes court. We right do, now. we do, right, right. So it right. could have been a lot worse. Right, right. Um, which I mean, and even if you know Obama had gotten his pick and his pick was pretty moderate, it kind of seems like this decision still would have leaned. Oh yeah, uh, definitely for the ba- the bakery. So. You know, Obama's um, pick was like pretty down the middle. So, so it's just you know, it's, eh, it it sucks, but it, it does. But it's you know, it's not the worst thing. But yeah. uh, you know, at the same time, um, it, it's not. It, uh, um, it, it's another sort of example and reason to keep you know fighting for this stuff because it's not over. We always you know, people argue like, hey, it happened. We've made it. We're good. But it's like, no, it's it's always a continual fight because these rights will always be taken away if we're not careful, if we're not vigilant. Um, yeah. So and gotta it's not... Got to keep on it. It's not like any anti-discrimination laws were overturned here. Um, right. It was just a very narrow ruling for this one very specific situation. And so I think that that's, a, that's an important takeaway. 
don't buy your cakes there. <laughs> Forget about them. <laughs> uh, all right, let's let's move on. Um, man, this is going to be a very weird episode. It's going to be weird, I'm but warning the listeners now. But let's get into some pre- some uh, downer news. Oh, big fat why? So why for this week? Kelly Marie Tran. Oh, this is such a fucking heartbreaking story. Ugh, it's so bad. So Kelly Marie Tran plays mm-hmm. Rose Tico mm-hmm. in the Star Wars universe. She was yes. in The Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. She was one of my favorite parts. I thought she was yes. adorable and super yes. cute. And yes. her character was great. Yes. I think w- w- when we did the review for that movie, I think we all in particularly particular loved uh, Rose, the character. Um, but a lot of people, even from the beginning, a lot of people were like, that's one of the lower points of the movie. They were like, they sort of laser focused on Rose. We as a show, we obviously loved her, but um, it, it, it has been like a thing in the culture where people are like, you know, Rose's character was really annoying or we really hated Rose's character in the movie. Yeah, which has I led want... to some terrible things. Yeah. You know, I wonder why Star like fandoms in general. Mm-hmm are resistant to change. Yes, yes. Um, Same thing happened when Daisy Ridley was announced yes. as sort of the new right. Luke-esque figure. Right, right, right. Um, you know. So, a girl? What? What? No. Yeah. A girl using the force? Yeah. Um, but Kelly Marie Tran, I, you know, even outside of her, you know, she was basically catapulted into fame yes. because of this, this was movie. A, this was a like big the, deal. The minute you're part of a Star the minute you're part of a Star Wars movie, that's it. Like, yeah. that's it's a big deal. Career, you know, that's a career-making thing. Yes. Um, but because of that, she's been subject to quote-unquote fan harassment. Yeah. Um, basically, since she was announced. Yes. Um, and all of this bolstered by the fact that a she's a girl, b she's a woman of color, mm-hmm. um, and the Star Wars universe is making slow and steady, s- slow and steady steps to becoming more diverse. But mm-hmm. with that comes a lot of pushback yes, because apparently from... people of color in a fictional space opera is not <laughs> is not like a right. thing that people right. think is realistic, which like. Okay, right. I mean, it's a really, you know, we've talked about this sort of weird underbelly of nerdum and fandom that is sort of, you know, popped up uh, from like the Gamergate culture and just intense fan culture where they are not here. They are not here for these changes that sort of they feel they feel it's like a personal affront to the values that they hold and the love that they have for certain franchises the last jedi that movie really pissed off a lot of hardcore star wars people and rose that character was very like the embodiment of that change um and it didn't help that like the the her character like her character in, in the movie played this like um this role that a lot of people found annoying like and that didn't really connect with the rest of the story so a lot of people were just very upset with it um and it like let their true colors show and i remember when we first reviewed the movie we were like whoa like what's with this like weird hatred and it was like it was so weird how laser focused it was on her and you say like uh you know people of color and women but really for me like this latest star wars uh uh sort of like 
trilogy, I've seen that sort of hatred and resistance really pointedly towards women. Yes. Whereas, like, you know, the character of Finn, he is a person of color, a male, but um, he did not face, he did face some uh, uh, um, resistance, yeah. but not as much as we've seen for Rose. I mean, it's like very shocking and it led to what is, you know, very unfortunate right now. Yeah, I mean, I think for the characters of both Finn and Poe, there was definitely a pushback when they were announced, but a lot more, I feel like it was definitely more targeted towards Daisy Ridley because all three of them were new to the universe. Right. Um, And then the addition of Kelly Marie Tran just begot more of that. And it's unfortunate. She had to delete her social media accounts. Yeah, Daisy Ridley Instagram, also did right. something similar. Right. Um, when she was announced, she, right. you know, she got rid of her social media for a bit saying that she just really wasn't prepared for the publicness and like the fame that comes so immediately with Star right. Wars. I, right, right. You know, it's not like a slow progression. Mm-hmm. You can go from nobody to somebody in like 0.005 right. seconds. I mean, this is one of the like mainstay, like this is one of the major franchises of the movie industry. Like there is nothing, there really isn't anything bigger yeah. than Star Wars. Um, so like A, The Last Jedi is a great movie. I really enjoy it. B, yes. The character of Rose Tico is a, is a delight. See, Kelly Marie Tran herself is a delight. I actually did follow her Instagram, and she was just such a like positive, bubbly, fun person. Yeah. And like, even if you see her on the red carpet of the Star Wars movies and her talking in interviews, she just you can tell she's so excited to be there right. and so happy. Right. And she, you know, she's she seems like she's a big fan of the universe, and she was just excited to be a part of it it's, it's a shame man. it's a shame it's a shame it's like here's this you know awesome person who is this new young face who could be a, a big deal in this star wars universe and people aren't even like giving her a chance it's just like they're writing her off so early and it's this hatred that really like stems out of nowhere at, at least i feel uh, you know i wasn't as offended as other people were by the last jedi like people really affronted by that movie and it's yeah. kind of really telling um they're resistant to this change but you know it's just really unfortunate that she sort of became the face of that change in that movie and um i, I don't know it really saddens me to hear this news like she had to delete her instagram because she was just being bombarded and abused by people and it's like what else are you doing with your life? Like, why is it a thing in your life to comment on other people and tear them down? Someone you don't even know. Like, that's, it's mind boggling. And, you know, I understand the feeling of being connected to, Mm -hmm. like, a series or an artwork. I think we all do, but I feel like this is a very particular brand of, like, weird feelings of like white male yes, fandom exactly. ownership and exactly. entitlement that's exactly. just really toxic and really it's it's not no, nothing about it is constructive it's literally right. just like it's different and i so i hate it like, exactly it's right. not luke skywalker it's not han solo it's not you know it's not what i'm accustomed to and why couldn't you just make something that was the same which they wouldn't like you can't do that (laughs) i mean pretty much i I, it's just it is uh just completely upsetting and you know 
you know, I, I really hope that this doesn't deter her and keep her from just living her best life. Um, and I, and I hope that this is just a move to, it's like a healthy move thing that she did. Like, Hey, I'm going to focus on me and not have this terrible thing, um, gnawing at me just because I have it open. Like, um, I don't, you know, I don't know. I, I can't, I can't, uh, comprehend cause I'm not in that position. I'm not a super famous person who has all these people abusing me, but I would imagine if they were, I would want to remove myself from that situation. It's just kind of sad that she doesn't get to enjoy that that aspect of her life and her career just because people are so fucking sour for no reason um i I mean just think of your decisions before you do shit like that it's just so pointless there look there are a lot of things i don't like and i don't care about but i'm not going on that person's fucking instagram and fucking hating on them and hating them as a human being and like that makes no fucking sense to me like why would that even be a thing that runs through your mind um, and we're, there is a, dis- we're going to talk about this later. We have a discussion topic on, <laughs> on, uh, 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 on mobile phone usage and, and, um, social media has really allowed the ugliness and the ugly side of humanity to flourish. We've talked about this in previous episodes, but, um, it's just sad to see it affect someone who by all accounts is like this really positive, uh, uh, person who just loves star Wars and is making star Wars movies. Like what the fuck? Like, it's just terrible horrible yeah i mean remember that even in an online space yeah there is a human being there yeah like come on be be empathetic like (laughs) flex your empathy muscle like we're all human jesus christ you can criticize star Uh, wars without being a shitty person exactly exactly (laughs) yeah it's true it's true and i and i do want to say like there are people who legitimately don't like that movie for like legitimate reasons and more power to them but if you're a person who's just attacking a human being just because they don't represent what you think star wars should be this you know white male fantasy like uh no not okay yeah there are so many people who didn't like that movie who like made it known that they didn't like that right. movie, but they're not going and harassing exactly. the stars of the exactly. movie. They're exactly. just posting think pieces and articles online. Like it's fine. You exactly. can do that. That's true. I mean, we live in the era of think pieces. And so go write your horrible think piece that no one will read, please. <laughs> uh, anyways. Okay. Um, that's a, a horrible, terrible story. Um, our love to her. And- you are a gift. And yes. we're sad that you're off of social media. Yes. You're, but, you're a national treasure. I, I have a huge crush on you. I think you're super cute. I think you're awesome. And Star Wars is better for having you uh, in you that franchise. I say add more people of color, more women. Fuck it. Like, come on. Get get uh, over this shit. Honestly, the only, re- the only way I see to react to this is There's just no, to go balls to the wall. You know what's crazy? <laughs> There's no, like, uh, ster- like uh, uh, stereotypical white male lead in the Star Wars franchise anymore. Yep. Like, the closest thing is uh, Poe, obviously, but he's a Hispanic male, so it's a little bit different. But, um, you know, it's women or people of color. Yep. So, uh, definitely white males are not enjoying this right now. Uh, Where's Han? Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, moving on. Um, we, we Go watch Solo, you dicks. Yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> um, okay, we are moving on now. Uh, we're going to talk about... Um, 
really some bizarre shit happening in 2018. Um, Literally cannot <laughs> believe that this is the world we live in. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of it's kind of wild. We were talking about this earlier, and it's like one of these stories we're about to talk about. It's it's so weird because it literally could fit all our categories, like all the segments we had come up with. This story could fit into every one of them, and it's like that is the side effect of 2018. Like that's 2018 at work. Nothing it's just is normal. A bizarro, bizarro world. Uh, but the first quick story I'm going to talk about is something that you know made a lot of headlines because people were like okay what's going on it seems like something's gearing up uh we had heard rumors of donald trump thinking about pardoning his family members thinking about pardoning pardoning himself a long time ago a while ago when a lot of this Mueller investigation stuff slowly started to ramp up um but this monday we actually got some like real hardcore confirmation that donald trump is actually on this train of thought he tweeted that he thought he had the absolute power to pardon himself, um, which just shocked everyone. Everyone's like, whoa, 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 hold on. Like, what do you mean? Um, Rudy Giuliani, who is um, part of his legal team now, 2018, y'all, crazy time we live in, uh, part of his legal team, uh, he went on uh, the morning circuit and um, he kind of agreed with Trump. He was like, you know, Trump could probably pardon himself, um, and of course, this comes after months, uh, years really now of the Mueller investigation and Senate investigations uh, sort of ramping up and tensions, you know, are, are at an all time high uh, for this, you know, Trump Russia investigation. Like things aren't looking so good for Trump. So now he's sort of, you know, putting that out there, floating that idea of pardoning himself. Um, but real quick thoughts and feelings here. Um, Donald Trump is trying to, uh, you know, normalize this idea. A lot of people are split on this. A lot of, you know, um, not just journalists, but scholars, you know, um, how do you feel? Oh my God. <laughs> what? What? How? What? Like, I just, I understand, you know, I've read a couple <laughs> of stories about this, listened to a couple of podcasts about this, like. I've done a little bit of research yeah. and like conceptually in my mind, mm -hmm. it makes sense as to why there's a split because there's not really like a clear definition of pardoning powers. There's right. not like a clear definition of what the framers meant when they said that the president has pardoning powers. Traditionally, it's been used to pardon people who are already, you know, right in prison, but pardoning themselves that means that trump could literally have no repercussion for legal anything. repercussions the biggest repercussion he could have if he was able to pardon himself is impeachment like not even richard nixon thought of uh pardoning himself you know what i mean like this is yeah. just something that isn't thought of um but a lot of the debate comes because in the writing of the law the president must i think the the correct word is faithfully uh, um uphold the laws and make sure the laws are followed that word faithfully is where people are divided a lot of people think that word pretty much means the faithful interpretation of the law is to pardon someone else it would be uh, against the law to pardon yourself because it's in your own self-interest it's not faithful to the law um which a lot of people side with the majority of people side with this but it is like so it, it is vague enough that it leaves a little wiggle room wiggle room wiggle room and now we're in this weird, really weird situation where Donald Trump could potentially pardon himself. 
Um, even if he's not legally allowed, he could just go ahead and do, do it. it. Yeah. Which presidents have done before, not pardon themselves, but they've been told you can't legally do something, and the presidents just go ahead and do it. Um, it's happened time and time again. It's like you know the executive power can flex that muscle. Um, and that's a scary, scary thought. It's like Donald Trump could theoretically pardon himself and not face any repercussions. This literally opens the door to just like this weird, un- like sort of unlimited, unstructured, just like combustive power. Right. Like yeah, I'm going to pardon my friends and family, and I'm going to pardon myself, and I'm going to pardon everyone. Like, right. My mind is spinning in a million different ways as right. to how this could go very, very awry very quickly. Yes. Yes. It's, it's so weird. It's, like, I... And, like, of course it's Donald Trump, so, uh, you know, he's going to say, yeah, I could totally pardon myself. And, like... I wouldn't put it past him to do it. I I could I could really see uh, I, I could, could see a situation where his back's against the wall and he fucking does it, and then we as a nation have to decide if that's okay. You know what I mean? Like protests are gonna have to have oh, to yeah. happen. Like it's gonna be a big fucking turning point for the country if if it went down that way. I, my gut tells me that it won't, but uh, it's kind of sad that I could see it potentially happening this way yeah um, i mean i don't particularly think story. it's gonna happen but there's a lot of shit i didn't particularly think was gonna happen that happened yes so, so. let's yes let, uh, and on that and speaking of pardon let's move <laughs> on to uh probably the biggest news story of the day the day that we're recording today um really interesting and uh fascinating story with a lot of mixed feelings this is one like we really couldn't no we really couldn't um i am talking uh, speaking of pardoning i am talking about kim kardashian west uh and donald trump kim kardashian was able to get a pardon for uh uh, alice marie johnson or marie alice johnson um who is a grandmother who had been serving this is a wild story so she's a grandmother who had been serving a uh, life sentence for a nonviolent drug offense. A first time nonviolent. Yes, drug offense. exactly. Not even just like a general. Yes. It was a first time offense. Right, and so what happened was that uh, you know the the, the Mike did a story on um, you know this uh, on Johnson, and the story went viral and it caught the attention of Kim Kardashian. And she sort of decided to take this on and champion this and fight for Johnson. And um, a lot of people were like, oh, that's nice, whatever. Like, it's not going to lead to anything. And and she saw the story, I think it was last year, if I read correctly. Um, and she had sort of been fighting behind the scenes. She got her, you know, top lawyers on it. Um, she, you know, was working hard to um, try to release um, Johnson and it had led nowhere and nothing was happening. And somehow she was able to get into the ear of Jared Kushner and Ivanka Trump. And she set up a meeting with Donald Trump and she said, okay, I'm going to go plead my case to Donald Trump to get Johnson, uh, uh, pardoned and released from prison. She's a grandmother. She's missed, you know, her grandchildren being born. She's missed a lot in her life. Her family was very worried for her. Um, even though she, you know, had, you know, 
totally re- rehabilitated herself in prison and changed her life, totally turned it around. She even mentored other inmates. Like she is by, you know, by everyone's account, she's this like amazing woman, this amazing person who is doing so much for the people around her. Um, and her family was afraid for her safety because she is in prison and she's older and things won't always be the same. So there was like this real fear. Uh, so it's sort of like a race against time to try to release her before it was too late. Um, so Kim Kardashian, of course, set up this meeting with Donald Trump and a lot of, you know, it got a lot of people talking. There was a lot of jokes, a lot of mixed emotions. A lot of people thought it was a very futile thing. A lot of people were just laughing at the situation that we have this reality star, Kim Kardashian, going to meet with another reality star, Donald Trump, to talk about prison reform and prison issues and trying to release this woman. Which is a weird, like, if you think about it in right. through that lens, that is so strange. It, it's like, it, it's a wild thing. Um, and, you know, and Kim Kardashian herself has been like, she's like a very vocal uh, um, advocate for prison reform, even though a lot of people don't uh, sort of accept her uh, because of who she is and what she, you know, what the, the sort of surrounding um, image that she brings uh, to any, anywhere she's at, actually. Yeah, because she's a fucking reality TV star. Because she, she's a Kardashian. Like, like Kardashian, that's, right. Like, that's she, why. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, but anyway, so she goes and she has this meeting and it causes a media upper. We didn't talk about it because we're like, whatever, Kardashians, that's not our thing. Uh, but everyone was talking about it. And a lot of people were debating about it and they were very split. There's a lot of mixed feelings. Uh, so we're going to get into some of our feelings here. Um, but you know, one of the headlines that came out that a lot of people were calling very sexist, but a lot of people were like, screw Kim Kardashian. So it's fine. Was this headline that was Trump meets rump. You know, that was the headline. Oh yeah. I saw Um, that. And it's like, it it became this huge story. Um, so before we move on to, you know, uh, uh, the happy news that happened at the end, but how do you feel about this meeting that happened and, 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 you know, the way that the media sort of took it because it left a lot of people very split. So just like generally the meeting itself, 2018, man. Yeah, I know. Like, this is why we're like, how a, do we even categorize this, this story? Is a it's fucking wild. Weird yeah. meeting. Yes. And I am glad it led to something positive. Right. But oh my god, it, it's literally a reality TV star right. meets another reality TV star who also happens to be the president, and right. somehow convinces him that right. this is a good idea right which, which is yeah it, which is wild it's just um, like oh man there's a possibility he can listen to someone but who's what, not fox so, and friends but so before we actually get to that though what did you think of the at like her like the way the media decided to treat her uh for even meeting with him um because a lot of people were accusing the media of being very sexist i would agree with that here's the thing I am not a Kim Kardashian West Mm -hmm. fan. I think there are a lot of things that she does that are unsavory that I do not agree with. And I think we can talk about all of those things when it comes to Kim Kardashian. But this particular thing is, in my view, a positive act. She was able to get a first-time drug like a first-time offender who is serving a life sentence something that is absolutely ridiculous since it was a non-violent crime um she was able to get this woman out of jail and back to her family like i don't that's not a small feat 
Um, especially since, like you said, she's been working behind the scenes to try to make it happen. Yeah, for, um, for a long time. It wasn't like something she just picked up and yeah. went with. Like, this is something, she, a, a passion that she's been fighting for. Um, so. I mean, my feelings. Like, I, I mean, yeah, you can be a reality TV star and still care about things. Like, you, and the fact that she's using her platform to evoke positive change, I think that's what right. we hope all celebrity type people do. Um, I think my feelings towards this whole thing, when it first sort of happened, you know, a lot of people were, um, you know, sort of dismissing her and saying, why, and not even that, they were like, why the fuck even take a meeting with Donald Trump? And we've had this discussion, we've had this debate, and I think we sort of fall on very different sides of this, and I think, you know, Donald Trump is the fucking president, even though I fucking hate it, and I don't like that he is. Um, he is the president and you're going to have to meet with the fucking president to get shit done. Like that's just what has to happen. And I get it. Resist. Don't even acknowledge. Don't like, I get all that. Um, but if Kim Kardashian really wanted to, you know, convince him, this is the only, she had an opportunity. She had to take it. So immediately I was like, you know what? I'm not like, like you, I'm not a big Kim Kardashian fan. And to be honest, I don't know much. I don't know much about her. So it's not like I'm throwing any hate towards her. Um, but, you know, I'm just not in that world. Um, but I was like, you know what? She, you know, f- like, okay, fine. Yeah, let's see. Let's see if anything happens. If nothing happens, at least she tried. And that was sort of my philosophy behind it. And it was really upsetting for me to see a lot of the media just fucking dismiss her and dismiss even attempting to do it. And you go on Twitter and you see all these people in, the, in their comments and then they're like, you know, fuck Kim Kardashian. Why is she even meeting with him? All this shit. And it's like, I get it. Like I, I, I understand, but look at what happened. It actually fucking worked. And like you were saying, that's a huge accomplishment, even though we may not like either of these two people and what happened. This it's a big deal. Like Kim Kardashian got Donald Trump to go against his own policy. Donald Trump does not believe in releasing drug offenders because donald trump has said time and time again that he believes drug offenders are just as bad as murderers um even though drug offenses disproportionately target black people marie johnson is a black woman um i i I mean you know like i said not a big fan of kim kardashian but this is fucking awesome like this is a good thing yeah i mean she used the tools at her disposal exactly to convince this dude who you know, she she's a black woman in Trump's America. This is not this is not someone who's part of a group that Trump has any sort of love for. <laughs> exactly. Like the fact that she was able to make this happen is a positive. And you can still criticize Kim Kardashian. There is plenty to criticize her for, but don't don't imply that she's just you know, a stupid social media star or that she's, yeah. you know, like, why is this person who's seemingly vapid caring about something? Like, it's a good thing that she cares about something. It's right. This is not a bad thing. There, there was a no, positive not result. All. Not at all. A it woman is. now has her... Her life life back. back yes and she's back with her family with her community like that's a big deal and if you know donald trump is this like uh, you know this like 
horrible figure. And if we're able to crack inside and at least get him to do something, that's that's something good. Um, but I do want to bring up some concerns because I think they're valid, too, and we should talk about them. A lot of people are saying, you know, does this mean Donald Trump will just sort of pardon anyone when he gets, you know, a famous, you know, star like Kim Kardashian uh, uh, to sort of uh, talk to him? Does this mean any the last person in the room can convince him of anything? Um, and I think those are valid points. Yeah, I mean, I think they're totally valid points, but I also think that those are things we've been talking about mm-hmm. for a while. Right. Who Trump listens to changes at the drop of a hat. And right. it is oftentimes that aides and experts will spend weeks and weeks and weeks convincing Donald Trump of something, but the last person in the room convinces right. him of something else. That's true. Right? That's true. So this I mean, is not a trend that's completely... So that- you're right. You're right. But wouldn't out of the blue. Exactly. So when I see these criticisms and these people bringing this up, I'm like, I get that. But also at the same time in my head, I'm like, but this should be more indication that we should keep trying. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like in my head, I'm like, this means we should keep trying. Like and if Kim Kardashian can get this done, imagine what uh, uh, other people can get done. Yeah. And I mean, maybe like maybe you're in the wrong here, but it. You might as well use all the tools. Like, there's no reason you can't resist Donald Trump and be an active, you know, an active participant in politics and, like, try the, like, try your damn hardest to get him and his party out of office and on their knees. But if meetings like this work, you can. You can do both. <laughs> Let me ask you this, just to, to make things spicy. Um, <laughs> would you, if you had the opportunity to meet with Donald Trump and talk about something that you care about, would you take that meeting? <sighs> yeah, I'd probably take, like, <laughs> I'm not going to. most like, oh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> like, I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah. I mean, if the result of me taking a meeting right. is, you know, a like if the benefit outweighs the cost, right. I'll do it. Yeah, I'm with I you. won't be happy about it, and I'll probably once the once everything is signed, sealed, delivered, I'll like probably bla- like blast for something else right. once I get what I want. Right. But it's you know like if the benefit outweighs the cost, yeah. I mean, I think going in, I will be very clear that I am not aligned, like I am 0% aligned with Trump and his agenda and what he's doing, but if If you got shit done, like it's worth it. Yeah, for sure. I'm with you. I would 100% take the meeting, Um, but I do want to say, I also understand someone who wouldn't like, I, I totally understand why you wouldn't. Um, I'm a Hispanic American growing up uh, uh, in this world with Donald Trump. I have family. Like, it is in my interest to have the ear of Donald Trump and try, try, even though I am most likely to fail because I am not a Kim Kardashian, try to get something done. Um, I would have to take that chance. But I understand if someone wouldn't. Um, I don't know. It's yeah. just. It's just and even. Like, if you had asked me a week ago, I might have said no because right. I might have just been like, it would never work. Right. But, but now, now. Right. So that's, <laughs> you know, that's why we were, you know, we didn't really know where to put these stories, but especially this one, because we were like, 
on one hand, it's a great thing. So it's like a tell me something good. It's also a major news story. So it's a news story. But also it's like a what the fuck, like a why, you know, like why do we live in this world where uh, reality stars get to decide these super serious things? Um, I, mean, I mean, I'm thankful and I'm happy that there are people like Kim Kardashian who want to do something good, you know, um, even though I'm not her biggest fan. I don't agree with everything she does. Um, I'm glad that that at least exists in the world. Um, and if that's what it takes to convince Donald Trump of doing shit, um, this might be a totally unpopular opinion, but I- I'm for it. Like, sorry. like Donald Trump's fucking president. Until we fucking find a way, Mueller fucking does his job, and we find a way to remove the guy. <laughs> you know, until Mueller delivers the goods. Like, this is the you know this is the Dumbo we have to play with. And- I mean, you know, Trump feeds off yeah. of being in the headline, it's being true. famous. Like, it's true. And I think that's why she was able to go in there because she is a name. She is a brand. She comes from the same, you know, like they are in a lot of ways cut from the same cloth. So like she was able to go in there and speak his language a little bit, you know? And yeah, I mean, for him, it's like the glimmery shiny. Yeah. To be a fly on that wall of that meeting. Like, I wonder how that went. I really don't know. I really don't know. Um, but yeah, so Kim Kardashian has really has been able to release two women from uh, prison now, which is kind of crazy that Kim Kardashian like, like become this like you know big voice in prison reform. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it, it a lot of mixed feelings here, but I have to admit, like, I'm kind of with this. Like, until someone proves me wrong, I kind of think this is the way to go and. Um, uh, you know, I, I clap my hands for Kim Kardashian. I think she did a good job and, um, I really hope that, you know, Johnson gets to live, um, the rest of her life, uh, uh, peacefully and, um, it's just good. Like it warms the heart. Like it's just a good story. So good, good for her and and good for the situation. All right. We are going to take a break and we'll come back with more. Okay, uh, tell me something good this week. Um, tell me something good, Edgar. Okay, so mine's, well, it's not like good, but it's it's neat. Tell me something neat this week. <laughs> uh, I saw this story and I was like, whoa, no way. Um, Honestly, mine is also tell me something neat. <laughs> yeah, okay, we're renaming this week instead of tell me something good, tell me something neat. Neat. Um, <laughs> I like that. I like that. That should be a segment because sometimes you have like cool things to share or whatever. Um, Okay. So my tell me something neat this week. Um, Frankenstein, the novel turns 200 years old this year. Wild. Written 1818. I know. Dang, dude. That's crazy. Um, So Frankenstein is, uh, of course, a um, famous novel by uh, Mary Shelley who, um, you know, has become this like the book and her have become this like huge literary figures um, and have been very important shaping um, a lot of literary culture and just culture and uh, the horror genre in general. Um, And I, you know, I saw the story and I was like, this is really fucking cool. Um, Frankenstein is a book that I read when I was uh, younger. Um, I read the second uh, um, edition. So she actually did two editions. The very first one, um, was very apparently i haven't read it um i hope to read it this year uh but it was very dark 
uh, um, compared to the second version, which was also dark, but a little more appropriate for more general audience. Um, so I'm like, ooh, okay, I really want to read that original text, uh, that original. Um, so that's the goal I've set for myself this year, since I loved that book so much and it meant so much to me uh, growing up. I actually read Frankenstein. I was one of those you know, weirdos that was like, uh, actually, Frankenstein's the doctor, not the monster. <laughs> Uh, I was one of those weirdos. Um, although in some some editions, the monsters referred to as Adam. Fun fact. Fun fact. Anyways, um, <laughs> yeah. So Frankenstein turned two hundred. Super famous novel. Have you read the book? How do you feel about this? I love Frankenstein. Ooh. I love that yeah. book. Um, I read it when I was in high school. And do you know which edition you read? I'm pretty sure I read the second edition. Okay. Yeah, that's um, like the more popular yeah. edition. Um, but I read it for AP Lit. I loved it. Um, and I just love the story of Mary Shelley too. Like the fact right. that here's this teenage girl and she, right. in- she basically invented modern day science fiction. Pretty so much. haters was- who want to go and be yes. like sci-fi's for boys. Meh, 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 meh. Right. Your genre was invented by a teenage girl. Yeah. Suck on that. Yeah. I, uh, right. She's like one of the, 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 the grand, the grandmothers of the genre. Um, yeah, and her story is so fascinating, too. Um, you know, Frankenstein's one of her first novels, and she wrote it in a weekend. She was like, yeah. she was just struck with inspiration, and she was like, I'm going to write this modern Prometheus story. And it was, uh, you know, really, it really fucking changed things. It was just so raw. Like, a lot of people comment, like, this book is not a very polished book, and it's very rough around the edges, but it's sort of like that raw emotion that comes through the novel that really sort of captivated um, so many people. I mean, it is one of the iconic stories. Like it is a huge deal. And it's been retold time and time, time and time again. Like it's in everything you watch, like not just horror, not just sci-fi. But yeah. So like, um, I don't know. I I, I decided for fun. I think uh, this year, my, one of my goals is to, read that first edition of Frankenstein. I, oh. I think it'll be a lot of fun. I might um, join you on that because I really did love the book yeah, when I read it. It's a great book. It's a great book. So that's my uh, tell me something neat uh, uh, for, for the week. I do think it's really neat that 2018, a lot of crazy things are happening. And it's like, what are the monsters that we create for ourselves? And Frankenstein is still a story that resonates even today. It's pretty, pretty crazy stuff. So uh, yeah, Frankenstein, 200 years old, wild. All right, Olivia. Tell me something good. So. I mean, neat. <laughs> neat. Tell me something we neat. Rename the segment. Yes. Um, so Judy Perkins, mm-hmm. a breast cancer patient once given three months to live, has been cancer free for two and a half years because of oh. an experimental treatment. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Okay. So usually when women are diagnosed with breast cancer, they go through the painful process of surgery and yes. then chemo and hormone therapy. It's right. a long, painful, mm-hmm. strenuous process. Right. right. Um, and Judy actually went through that process. She had a vasectomy. She went through chemo. She did hormone therapy and the cancer came back. Um, and this is where Dr. Steven Rosenberg comes in. What so a name, man. he studied Judy's immune cells, uh, selected the white blood cells that were the best at attacking the cancer, uh-huh. multiplied them by 90 million and injected them back into her. Whoa, shit. 
And That's wild. That is some crazy. She's been shit right cancer there. free for two and a half years. No way. And they still think that it's the cells that they've injected that are still fighting the cancer. That's like that is so brilliant, but also so simple. It's like why didn't anyone think of that before? Right. You know? <laughs> I mean, maybe we just didn't have the technology. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But That's so awesome. This has a lot of potential. You know, like. This has a lot of potential in and outside of oncology. Um, I think a few of the articles that I read were just like, this means that we could have like a personalized cancer Mm -hmm. treatment for Mm -hmm. every patient. Right. Which is wild. And then you start thinking about other diseases. You start thinking about autoimmune diseases. You start thinking about other ways that this theory and this practice could be applied it's just some really cool science and it i i think it's really neat i i agree that's fucking awesome that is really really fucking cool I'm 90 always, million cells i'm always so like blown away when i hear stories like medical stories or science stories and uh, like all these amazing things that people are doing and you're like my god like the human race the amazing things that we can do and we can come up with um just wonderful and that's awesome for her and i'm very happy for her and hopefully this leads to uh, you know, this treatment leads to something that can help a lot more people. Um, very cool. Awesome. All right. Let's move on. Discussion topic for the week. We don't always do discussion topics, but, you know, we we love talking. You know, it's really crazy. Me and you, we love talking about tech. Like, we love technology. We love talking about tech. But we never talk about it on the show. We like, don't. Like, we... It's always, like, sporadic. Right. Or we add it, like, to, to our story list. And then it somehow it ends up getting bumped for another story. Uh, so I was like, this week, let's, let's talk about, you know, a big tech story that happened this week, of course. WWDC, World Wide Developers Conference, Apple's big event of the year. Uh, for developers is currently ongoing. It's a big deal. Um, but what's uh, was sort of, you know, the story and what's really special about this year's event was the unveiling of these, um, you know, so- well, uh, the unveiling of iOS, which is the general uh, software update that, you know, goes to all the iPhones every year. But this year it's coming with features meant to curb phone addiction. And that's like, something that uh is really a problem that just i feel like it's something we've known but only just recently have we sort of starting to come to terms with like oh shit no we we do have a problem like actually it, it is a problem um and apple is the first like major tech companies to sort of address it in a very large and meaningful way a lot of tech companies have acknowledged it but you know with this iOS update, it is giving features to um, the general public to hopefully help curb phone addiction. That's like, you know, pretty wild. So before I get into some of these features, uh, just your thoughts and feelings on, you know, phone addiction. Are you addicted to your phone? How do you feel about this? Do you know people who are addicted to their phones? I mean, I definitely know people who are addicted to their phones. Um, What's the first thing you do when you wake up? Do you look at your phone? Do I look at my phone? I mean, I I turn my alarm off. And then I go to the bathroom. So I'm I'm I like to check okay. my phone after I've done like uh-huh. the morning routine. I see, see, just to right. just to be like, okay, we don't need right technology right. at this. I also tend to sleep until the very last second. So oh, if I, I don't get okay. up and so go you right don't, away, you have opportunity to check Twitter I, or whatever. Yeah, um, just like in as my own personal. I mean, like I use my phone a lot. 
that right. like no question about it. I mean, we all uh, do. Let's we be all honest. do, right. but I would say I definitely fall into the not addicted camp. Like there are times where I like I'm the type of person who will leave my phone in one part of the house and it'll just stay there all day. Mm-hmm. And then I'll be like, oh shit, where's my phone? And I spend like 20 minutes looking for it after like five hours of it being right. in this room. <laughs> right. Because I just like forgot right. it there. Right. Um, so so you, I'm pretty good at like personally right. curbing my right. phone use. Right. I, I, I would say I'm about the same. Um, so, I mean, you know me, you know, I'm not very active on social media. I think Instagram's the only one that I am sometimes active on yeah I you're not have, even active on that <laughs> yeah and i have i have facebook just to talk to you pretty much like it's it's the only reason i have once it. android texting comes up with a good web client we'll see about this my we'll problems see. will be solved we'll see about this anyways um so i you know i in general and, and you know what it's really interesting for me um, I was very heavily addicted to my phone years ago during college. And I remember one day I was like, this is not healthy for me. And I made this conscious choice to say, I'm going to stay off social media uh, in a meaningful way. Like, I am really not going to be checking this. I'm not going to be on my phone 100%. Um, and it really helped my life a lot. But it also, I feel in certain ways, hurt my life because it kept me from being you know, connected with people in a certain way. Um, and I've come to struggle, you know, I've come to terms with that. And to this day, I feel like, you know, me sort of removing myself from Facebook during my college years has sort of kept me from certain things. Um, not blaming it, not saying it, because I feel like the good at the end of the day outweighs the bad, but definitely I can feel it. Um, but anyways, even today, I still think I have pretty... I'm pretty, I have pretty good habits, but I do have some bad habits. Um, even at work, like, um, you know, I, I'm a big Twitter person. That's like the only social media that, um, well, see, this is bad too. Cause I'm not like active on Twitter, but I like checking, checking it, and I like it. Reading yeah. it, which is, you know, very unhealthy. Actually, a lot of studies show. I do that um, a lot too. You know, so th- there are certain things that I can definitely, uh, grow better at, but for me generally, it hasn't really been a problem, but I know a lot of people for who it has been. Um, my brother, like he's, uh, I, I feel like he's addicted to his phone. A lot of younger yeah. people, I feel, I feel like, especially are with addicted to their phones. Yes, people. We have family friends, and um, the daughter is eleven, and she like she's legit trying to act like a little influencer and like a little adult. And it's Ooh, like, girl, yeah. you're eleven. Be right. a kid. Like you yeah. don't have to like. like from my perspective, day. and this might be like. Again, signs. This is the podcast where we sound old I know. as shit. <laughs> I was going to say, this is like very clearly signs of aging. But there, there is a lot of, and like she feels a lot of stress when, right. like she doesn't have an actual phone, but she has like an old iPod touch that she calls her phone, right? right. Like she refers to it as I mean, her it, phone. I mean, pretty much is everything. I mean, yes. It's a phone. It, it has like, all, it, it has, has all the capabilities except much. for yeah. the phone part. Right. But like. She gets really stressed out when it's like dead and not charged. She is constantly on it. Um, And her older brother, who's 15, is also just like on the computer playing game. Like it's technology for them. I feel like we were kind of on the cusp where technology was introduced super early and it transitioned to this really fast place. Right. But but Um, we still had. While we were growing up. But we still had like 
a more typical childhood than exactly kids nowadays but for sure. i feel like with a lot of the kids i see like my nieces and nephews and like with family friends these are people who you know like the best of the like the most intense technology that we couldn't have even dreamed of when we were kids is just available to them off the bat right and 24 7 so you know i I, like i sound old but like i really do think it's a problem no i i I mean it is and we do i mean to be fair we do sound old but it, I mean, I think it's general, like the general consensus is, yeah, it, it's a problem. And that's why companies like Apple have decided to address it. So let me go a little bit further into what this actual iOS update is and what it does. Um, so it just adds these features to the operating system that help sort of track your usage of social media. And it sort of gives it to you in a very clear way. So you can actually see how you're spending your time on your phone And it also really interestingly allows you to sort of limit your use of certain apps. So it um, has the ability to say, you can set a timer to say, I only want to spend um, an hour on Instagram a day. And it will set a little timer in the background. And once you're sort of approaching that time, it will say, hey, you have like a few minutes left, but you, you should probably start wrapping things up. Um, of course, you can extend your timer. It's your phone. You can obviously, you know, do what you want, do what you want. But it's nice to have that little reminder that sort of tells you like, hey, maybe it's time to move on, maybe do something else. Um, other companies have already done this in a meaningful way, um, but not really attacked um, phone usage like Nintendo very famously puts a lot of um, little warnings in its video games where it's like, hey, you've been playing a while. Maybe you take a break. And a lot of people were very annoyed when it first happened. But now a lot of people see it as um, like this very um, important thing that Nintendo does, even if it is a little annoying, you know? (laughs) So that's like the Apple version of it, which is like, hey, you've been using Instagram a little bit. Maybe, you know, maybe you don't want to use it as much anymore. I mean, Um, especially with our cell phones yes like that is the primary screen every other screen is like your tv screen your laptop screen those are secondary to your phone screen most of the time your phone screen is your phone screen screen is your main screen it's your world pretty much so so like it's a very meaningful thing but also it gives parents the ability to do these features with their kids and i think this is the main sort of big point here that i think will really help a lot of people because parents will be able to set these features for students, uh, for kids and students, and they won't be able to sort of circumvent them like an adult would, you know? Um, and I think that can be very meaningful. Um, of course it might be a little late for some of the older teenagers now. Like I probably couldn't do that to my brother. He'd be like, yeah. oh, get the well, hell out of yeah, here. Yeah. He'd be like, like what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? Get out of here. Uh, but for younger kids, I think it's, uh, uh, I think it can be a very valuable, important tool. Um, but yeah, it's it, you know it's weird that once again we've talked about this like we have to have companies sort of help us and police us a little bit because if we're left to our own devices we'll just sort of just <laughs> divulge into sludge yeah, while to, looking at our phones. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I probably you know I'm an iPhone user. Uh, you're not, so you won't have these features, but it doesn't seem like you need them anyway. It's fine. Yeah. I don't, I really don't. <laughs> exactly. I probably won't use them as much because, uh, like, again, I, I don't feel I'm personally addicted to my phone. I don't use, uh, I, I don't use it as, I definitely do have some, um, some things that I hope to curb myself, um, but I think I, I can sort of self-police it. But for some people who feel like they, don't have that self-control. I think this is a pretty pretty cool tool. I think it's really interesting. 
Um, and I bet you Google does a version for Android. I oh, bet. You, bet. I really bet this becomes like sort of the standard with every phone. It sort of gives you these features to sort of just start, I don't know, you know, thinking about how, thinking about the ways you use your time a little more intentionally. Maybe, you know, go outside, maybe read a book, maybe connect with your friends in real life, you know, um, find a different way to use your phone. Um, I've seen this, you know, this argument going up around like maybe we shouldn't describe your phone as um this like accessory maybe we should think about it as a um tool or an instrument you know which you'd like for a tool um you don't walk like um I, well, I think one of the famous examples is you don't walk around with a hammer all the time you use it when you need it when it's intentional you know um, or think of an instrument like you use it like a guitar. You're not playing the guitar all the time. You know, you play it when you need to do something, when you need to express yourself, when you, you know, and I feel like the phone is kind of in the middle of those two things, right? Like it's a tool, but it's also an instrument. Um, and if we sort of start viewing the phone in that way, I think it can really help a lot of people. Um, but I don't know. I, I just thought it was a really interesting topic. Any yeah. sort of final thoughts here? I mean... Don't be addicted to your phone. <laughs> read some books. Yeah, read some books. Go outside. Um, that actually leads me to a funny story. So my nephews a couple of years ago, um, their mom went on vacation. And so she dropped them off at my mom's house. Mm-hmm. Um, these are my cousin's kids. And I know they're technically not my nephews, but that's how I refer to them in my family. I feel you. With big um, families, you, I mean, that's, it's, you just find words. It's fine. Yeah. Um, so they were dropped off at my, like, they were dropped off at my mom's house. Um, and I went one weekend and the, like, those kids were addicted to the iPad. Like, mm-hmm. fits and just screaming when one person had it and it was their turn and, like, oh my God. all out, yeah, like, yeah. It was a nightmare. And so what my mom did was she's like, okay, you're going to get two hours of iPad time or, you know, something like that a day. But the rest of the time you have to like, you're going to help me around the house and you're Mm going to read. And so I went and I took them the half price books and we got some books and I got them both addicted to Harry Potter to the point (laughs) where they weren't like... Uh even worried about the iPad right? because they were just like, my mom had to get them to stop reading. (laughs) Yeah. And now it it became another addiction. Yeah. But like, you know, I think, I think there are things you can do even if you don't have these updates with yo kids. Right. That will get them, you know, like even with teenagers, like they're still teenagers. So you could, you know, curb their phone use. They, they wouldn't like it. They throw a fit. But like right. you could do it, right? Right, absolutely. Um, yeah, that you know, that's that that I think that is a very um, typical story across America now, where you just have a lot of young people who are really addicted to this screen and don't really know much beyond it. We're really sounding old this episode. I know, <laughs> but I, I mean, it's not necessarily a bad thing because I'm also like you know a big proponent of you know. Um, technology and your digital self uh, i mean you know me i'm a techie i buy a new phone every year like i'm that yeah. type of guy but like, i mean i think everything in moderation right? exactly like, everything in moderation you still um, like you still have to do things that right. aren't digital that 
isn't a screen like I, exactly those those experience like tactile experiences are also very important absolutely absolutely um yeah so for any of our listeners who have an iphone who feel they have a problem download ios uh 12 or 13 is it 13 i don't there, there's so many fucking ios download the latest ios whenever <laughs> it comes out in september with a new iphone and um you know start using those tools and see if they help you at all uh, they may not, but maybe they just serve as a reminder to, hey, maybe I should be a little more uh, thoughtful about how I use my time. Not saying I'm perfect. There's a lot that I need to fix in, in the way I use my phone, but um, we, we could all do a little bit better, I feel. Definitely. Definitely. Um, yeah. So that has been our tech disc slash discussion topic for the week. We'll probably talk about more tech stuff because that fascinates us and it's, you know, it's a fascinating thing. And I also feel like you know, there's not a lot of people of color talking about tech. Um, you know, at least I, I don't see it everywhere. Um, I, I do know some notable examples, but, um, you know, hey, we, we like this stuff. We want to talk about this stuff. Um, but anyways, you listeners, tell us how you feel about this. How do you feel about cell phone usage? Uh, how do you use your phone? How do you use your phone? Do you think this whole addicted to your cell phone thing is blown out of proportion? A lot of people don't even think it's a real thing. They're like, no, just be better. You know, like. It's, it shouldn't even be Apple's responsibility to try to police this for you. Right. Which, I, you know, there's parts of me that can see that argument too. But um, anyways, yeah. I, I just think it's a very fascinating topic. All right. That has been our episode for the week. A very weird one. A lot of strange it's topics this week. It's been interesting. It's been an interesting one. Um, as always, you can listen to us everywhere that you listen to podcasts. But especially on iTunes, leave us five stars. Let us know how we're doing. Um, and we are also on social media everywhere, um, at minority pod, except Facebook, where we are the whole thing. So let us know how we're doing on there too. Um, Olivia says she's going to start, uh, tweeting a little bit more. So hopefully some of our listeners, I realize it's the perfect way for me to have a Twitter yes. without me having a Twitter. Exactly. You need to get in those, uh, hot takes. You need to get in those hot, hot takes, takes on Twitter. Anyways. All right. That has been our episode for this week. We will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.